Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked Up Sports Weekend Wrap-Up. I'm Bob Walters. Welcome to the show, everybody. It was a wild weekend, a crazy weekend, a packed weekend in sports as we had the Giants and the Jets with big games today, Team USA yesterday, people getting elected to the Hall of Fame today, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff going on. The college football got crazy yesterday, and we're going to cover it all for you right here on Twitter Spaces live on Sunday night, Dallas is up 21-19 on Indianapolis as they head to the fourth quarter there. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Bob Walters, the host of Locked Up Sports. Welcome to the Twitter space for tonight. And it's also going to be released as a podcast after after the show. So if you're joining us here, you can join the show. You can talk. You could have, you know, any questions, any comments, whatever you got on anything that went on today. Anything that went on this weekend, and like I said, it was a packed weekend, so we don't have too much time. We try to do this show in about 30 minutes or so, but let's see what we can get done. And we're going to start right away, of course, with today, as there were two big football games for both the Jets and the Giants here in this town. And we'll start with the Giants, and the Giants let one get away today. Quite simply, they let one get away. They had a late lead. They let Washington come back, tie the game. The overtime, the defense played well. The defense made big stops in overtime. But the Giants let one get away, and they tie the rare tie in the NFL. It's the second tie this year. And now the Giants are, their record is 7-5-1. Washington is 7-4-1. Dallas is... Still undecided here tonight. They, they're, you know, Indianapolis is giving them quite a game here tonight. The Eagles won. The Giants have to play Philadelphia next week. So, listen, they they didn't play well. Uh, Jones fumbled the ball to start the game right off the bat, right on the first first drive. He fumbled the he fumbled the ball. Um, the Giants defense was able to hold to a field goal, hold um, Washington to a field goal, and. The Giants were trailing. I mean, they were trailing 10-3, and they got 13 points, 13 unanswered points in the second quarter. So it was, I'm sorry, they were trailing 10-0, and then they got 13 unanswered points. It was tied at 13 in the half. And then coming right out of the half, Washington got the ball, and the Giants had a strip sack on Heineke. That was, this was a big play. This is where the Giants could have put this game away. It was, it was a strip sack. Old Jalari got the sack, made a great play. Giants recovered deep in Dallas, in the red zone. They scored a couple plays later on a Jones pass, and they were up 20-13. to 13. And it stayed that way basically till the very end of the fourth quarter. The Giants could not convert very well on first down. They're, they're, they were 4-13 for 13 on first down. Washington wasn't any better. They were 3-14 for 14 on third down. So... If the Giants would have converted a couple third downs, they could have got off the field. They had, of course, the big taunting penalty. The big taunting penalty, which killed them. It could have kept, they probably could have ended the game. They got a first down. The, the, the lineman, Jefferson, ran over, started flexing his muscles, doing whatever he was doing. Just a bonehead play. I mean, what, what are you doing? Cost you 15 yards. The Giants go back. They end up giving the ball back to Washington. And Heineke goes down the field. 
and he makes you know he gets a the Giants miss tackles all over the place from the, the whole game they miss tackles from the first from the first quarter straight through when they gave up the tying touchdown. The receiver um, who made who made that touchdown? It was I have it right here. Hold on one second. Okay, it was McLaurin. McLaurin made the catch. He made a great spin move into the end zone, but it was a missed tackle. The Giants missed tackles all over the place today. That was it. Was kind of like the Giants of last year, or the Giants of two years ago. You had Daniel Jones fumbling the ball. You had missed tackles. Uh, Saquon played okay. Saquon was probably better than than I thought he was going to be. Jones was twenty five of thirty one. Like I said, he had the t- he had the he had the touchdown. He did have the fumble. Barkley rushed for sixty three yards on eighteen carries. But again, it's sixty three yards, and I told you that's what's going to happen. They're not going to let teams are not going to let Saquon Barkley beat them. He's gonna they're gonna they're gonna go into they're gonna put eight in the box, seven in the box. They're gonna make Daniel Jones beat them. And he didn't play bad today. Daniel Jones didn't play bad. He's not the reason they lost. I mean, it was kind of, you know, bonehead plays. They couldn't get third down conversions. Daniel Jones was the leading rusher on the team. You, that's not what you want. You want Barkley to be the leading rusher. But if they're going to put eight in the box like that, like they're going to do. Like, trust me, I told you, they're going to do it. They've done it the th- previous three games. They've done it. And Washington did it today. But... You know, if the Giants let one get away here, and this could come back to bite them. They now haven't won a game in a month. The Giants haven't won a game in a month now. Three losses and a tie. And these ties, they, they I, I tend to think that the ties hurt you a little bit. I do. I think they, they end up hurting you a little bit. Um, you know, it's not a loss, so it doesn't kill you there, but it's also not a win. So we're going to see. You know, it could actually end up helping both Washington and the Giants when it comes down to a wild card because it looks like Philadelphia is going to win the division going away. It looks like, you know, that's not going to be really an issue. But now the Giants got a big game next week against Philadelphia. This is a game they got to win. They got to win this game. You know, and they're going to play Philadelphia. Philadelphia's going to be tough. Philadelphia won the game. They, they, they blew out today. So they are now, what are they, 9-2, and 10-2. and two. They're going to win the division. Um, the Cowboys are going to be probably in, the, in as a wild card. And it could very well be the Giants and Washington. No division's ever gotten every team in to the playoffs. That's never happened, where every team made the playoffs. Going into today's game, every NFC East team would have qualified for the playoffs if they were to start today. Now, I haven't looked at it yet. You know, I haven't looked at it yet since, you know, since the four o'clock games. But, you know, the Giants and Washington, one of the two are going to make the playoffs. Washington has a bit of an easier schedule. Giants still got to play Philadelphia twice. They got, they hold no tiebreakers against Dallas. And, you know, it's not going to be easy. The Giants now, this is the tough part of their schedule. They rolled through the easy part. They did what you know what good teams do, and they beat up on teams that are that they're better than. But it was uh, it, it's a disappointing tie for the Giants. It's a good tie for the Redskins. Now in overtime, 
The Giants were very conservative in overtime. They were conservative towards the end of the game, but like I said, they had the lead. Um, the Giants went three and out. The defense got off the field. The defense played really well in overtime. When they pinned Washington back with a little over, little under two minutes to go in overtime, both teams kind of traded punts. The first, uh, wa- the first Washington possession, they were moving the ball, and the Giants kind of, you know, they tightened up around midfield, just over midfield, and they forced a punt. But when the Giants punted it back with just under two minutes to go in, in overtime, Washington pinned deep inside their own zone. Giants got a quick three and out. They got the ball back right around midfield. They had a chance. And, and you know what? It's mistakes. Another mistake there. Because on third down, a big third down, the Giants just on the edge of field goal range. About, ooh, I'd say about a minute to go in overtime. Third and six. And the, the running backs run into each other. Like, that, that, that cannot happen. That can't happen. So besides, you know, should have winning the game in regulation, giving up a late touchdown to tie it, now you have it in overtime. You have the ball right on the edge of field goal range. You're right at like a, I think it was like a 60-yard field goal would have been, which turns out it would have been too long anyway because he missed the 58-yarder short. But a first down there, and this game, the Giants could get a couple more yards, and they probably ice it away with a field goal. And you got Jones in the shotgun, and the two running backs run right into each other. They crisscross right in front of Jones and just slam right into each other. That cannot happen. And what happens? Daniel Jones ends up having, it's a broken play. He has to run it. He comes up about a yard short of the first down, and the Giants punt the ball. So now Dallas has it. They got it back again. That's when they, they punted it. Inside the 10-yard line, a quick three and out. The Giants' defense got off the field, gave Daniel Jones and the offense one more chance. They were able to get it to 58 yards, and he missed it short. You know, he didn't have the leg for it. It was right on line. It looked good off his foot. I thought it might have made it, and then it just fell. It fell about four or five yards short. But, you know, what are you going to do? It's a. It's not, it's not a, a good tie. A tie is really kind of a weird thing in the NFL. It really is. You know, there's not many of them. Some sometimes you go full seasons without one. Sometimes you get two or three. Sometimes there's one. This happens to be the second one of the season. So, like I said, it wasn't going to be easy for the Giants to get into the playoffs. This was a game I think they had to win. This is not not a good not a good tie for the Giants. Now the Jets, on the other hand, the Jets were flying high. Mike F. and White was, you know, running the city this week. And I told you, he, he tore up the Bears' defense. The Bears' defense is not very good. Minnesota's defense is not great either. But Minnesota's a better team, and you got to put up points. And what the Jets did in their 27-22 loss to the Minnesota Vikings is the Jets were just god-awful in the red zone. The Jets moved the ball. You know, they, they moved the ball all over the place. They had over 400 yards in total offense. But when they got inside the red zone, it just stalled. Greg Zerline had himself a great game. He had a 60-yarder before half, but he had five field goals, and you're not going to beat a team that's 9-2 and two with five field goals. It's not going to happen. The Vikings are a good team. They're a flawed team, but they're a good team. They're better than the Jets. But with five field goals, it's not going to happen. 
you you got to put the ball in the end zone. They had a shot at the end. He threw a pick, right, you know, just on the last play. I think on the third down before the the interception that ended the game, I think White probably could have run and got a couple more yards, probably made it, maybe even got a first down. He chose to throw it. It was an incomplete pass. You know, you, you can't really kill him for that. But the big problem there with the Jets had the defense – the big problem was the, was the the red zone efficiency. I mean, they they just they did not they they you can't kick five field goals. You know, White White threw the ball Mike White threw the ball fifty seven times, three hundred and sixty nine yards. He did throw two picks. He was not the reason they lost. Did he have a good game? Yeah, he was all right. Is is he the quarterback of the future? I, I think probably not. I'd say the jury's still out, but probably not. I mean, you look at the numbers, they're kind of gaudy. They're the 31 of 57, 369, but he didn't throw a touchdown. He did, you know, he ran, the, he ran, the, he ran it in, and he had the two interceptions. Zavon Knight, the, the rookie, playing his first game, had a big game. He ran 15 times for 90 yards, so that's a plus for the Jets. You know, the Jets kind of look like, you know, maybe they're, they might be just, they're not there yet. They're not there yet. Garrett Wilson with another big game. Eight catches, 162 yards. The Jets moved the ball. The Jets moved the ball all over on the Vikings. Over 400 yards of offense. I mean, but when you get it, you can move it up and down the field all you want. If you don't put it in the end zone, it's really no good for anybody. It's not going to help you out. You could have 800 yards of offense. But if you score twenty-two points and five of the and fifteen of them are on field goals, that's not that's not really how you're going to win football games, especially on the road, especially against good teams. And Minnesota is a good team, and that's a tough place to play. So the Jets are now seven and five, and they go into and they play Buffalo next week in Buffalo, and that's that's going to you know it doesn't get any easier. You got Josh Allen's Buffalo. It's gonna be a tough. That's gonna be a tough ask for the Jets to win that game, and they probably have to win the game. The Vikings are now ten and two, and you know the, it wasn't a bad game for the Jets. The Jets weren't fighting for a playoff spot here. You'd probably be like, "Yo, it was a good game. They played well," but it's disappointing coming off of last week, especially when you had the ball going in at the end of the game with. You know, seconds to go, and you couldn't punch it in. But did you really expect them to punch it in? They got in the red zone five times before that, and they kicked nothing but field goals. So did you really, I mean, did you expect them to put it in the end zone? Because I didn't. And especially when, you know, fourth and ten, they just kind of lined up the, the secondary on the goal line, and he tried to fit it in a tight spot, and he got picked. So it, you know, it it again. Did, did Mike White lose the game? No. Did he win the game? No. Because he's the quarterback. He's got to get the. He's got to get them into the end zone. One touchdown. If they get the ball into the end zone one time, in the red zone, that they had to kick those field goals rather than kick the field goals, and you could take away the one before half because that was you know a sixty order. It wasn't in the red zone. It was right up against the half. So you could take that away. So that means they had four of the chances. 
to get the ball into the end zone. They got it in once. If they would have got one other touchdown, punched that ball in one more time, then we'd be it'd be a completely different story, and they'd be walking out of Minnesota with a win, and they'd be going into Buffalo kind of playing with house money. Now, if you're looking at playoffs, again, it's going to be must-wins next week for both for both these teams, the Giants and the Jets. The defense played 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 all right, you know, the, and the team fought. Give the Jets credit; they fought. That says something for Robert Sala, you know, down to twenty, down twenty to three on the road in Minnesota. You know, you could kind of see them laying down and just just letting it get worse and getting blown out there, but they fought back. They gave themselves a chance to win. The defense in the first half did not play real well, gave up 20 points. You know, but they really they really tightened up in the second half. They only let up one touchdown for Minnesota. So, you know, the defense played well. Jefferson did not do much. You know, Jefferson was only seven catches for 45 yards, so Sauce Gardner really played well against him. Zertloin was the the best player for the Jets. The sixty order really helped them, but they, you know they fought tough. They're down twenty to three on the road. That's a lot of teams would say, you know, try again next week. But the Jets fought. They came up just short, and you know it, now it's going to be it, it's going to be it's it's a tough road for the Jets to make the playoffs. I'm telling you, we got to go back and forth every week with these two teams. And the, the one thing you could say is they're not consistent. Because just when you think they have it figured out, both the Jets and the Giants, you get you get head scratchers. You know, the Jets' defense, they held holding Minnesota to 27 points, but that first half, I mean, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins had a big game. You know? Let's look at the, the stats here. I'm looking at the stats now. The Jets had almost 500 yards in total offense. I mean, they won. They they moved the ball all over on the Vikings. Listen to these numbers. They they Listen to the numbers and then tell me who you think would have won this game without knowing the score. Jets had 486 yards of offense. Minnesota, 287. The Jets, 366 yards in the air. 159 for the Vikings. 120 rushing yards. 128 Rushing yards for the Vikings. First downs, Jets 23-21 for the Vikings. And the one thing that killed them, it's the same thing that killed the Giants. It's third downs and it's red zone efficiency. The Jets were 3 for 16 on third down, third downs. 3 for 16. The Jets ran 83 total plays. Now he threw the ball 57 times. That's not what you want to do either with you know, Mike White. You know, he's not he's not Joe Montana out there. As much as everybody wanted him to be after last week. I told you it was the Bears defense. Not don't get too excited over it. So does this create I heard somebody say it about a controversy again with bring back Zach Wilson? No. You don't bring back Zach Wilson because you then you just kill the quarterback here. You kill all his confidence. He played well today. He made mistakes. He's still young. He has not played many games in this league. And he, you know, you got to give him a chance now. He's the quarterback for the rest of the season. Barring injury or anything disaster, he's going to be the quarterback for the rest of the season. You know, he didn't really get hit. He was only sacked once. 
Minnesota punted the ball six times. The Jets only had two punts. You know, the two picks, the one was at the end of the game. But you can't throw the ball 57 times with him out of 83 plays. That's crazy. And I know you were down 20 to 3, so you had to make it, you know, they're trying to come back. So you're going to throw it more, but 57 is a lot. But they moved the ball, 480, almost 500 yards of offense. 22 points, one touchdown. 500 yards of offense, one touchdown. Explain to me how that works. So there was that going on. Now the rest, elsewhere in the league, the big story, of course, was Jimmy G is out for the rest of the season. Broke his foot against Miami. They blew out Miami. Tua came back down to earth this week. 33-17. The Niners blew out Miami, but their Super Bowl hopes might have gone out the window with uh, with Jimmy G breaking his foot. The Bengals and Chiefs played a real good game, a late game. 27-24, the Bengals beat the Chiefs. They beat him now three straight times. And the Bengals are playing well. The Bengals stumbled a bit coming out of the gate. First, I'd say, five or six weeks. They're now all of a sudden eight and four. The Chiefs, the Chiefs will be okay. The Chiefs are still the best, you know, still probably the best team in the NFL. Dallas is, uh, I believe I just saw, scored another touchdown. Yeah, they did. So it's 34-19. Dallas is now going running away with this thing. So they're going to win. So you're going to have Dallas and Philadelphia winning today. Giants and Redskins with a uh, Redskins. I keep calling the Redskins. Commanders with a tie. Raiders beat the Chargers out west. Chargers just not having a good year. Chargers are a better team than this. They are not having a good year. The Seahawks, which does not help the Giants, get a last-second win over the Rams. Geno again down the field. Last, you know, inside a minute to go, throws a touchdown. 27-23 over the Rams. The Ravens squeaked by in just a snooze fest. 10-9 over the Broncos. And let's see what else. Oh, the Browns. So the Browns, Deshaun Watson, in case you care. They beat the, the Texans, who are just terrible. Texans are one ten and one. They have the other tie. Deshaun Watson, his first game back, twelve of twenty two, one hundred thirty one yards and a pick. So, not exactly lighting it up out there. But you know, you don't expect him to. You know, he took a, it's a year and a half. He had off. So you don't really expect him to come right in and step right in, but you know there's nothing special there. But Cleveland's not going anywhere. They're five and seven. So that was that. That was that. If you cared about that, um, just about an hour, maybe two hours ago. I know a lot of Yankee fans were excited. They hoped this was the year. I thought maybe it would be Don Mattingly getting into the Hall of Fame. He did not get in. They put one person in. Bonds, Clemens, they did not get in either, but that's no surprise. I really thought Mattingly would get in, and I thought that might open the door for Hernandez, Keith. But you know what? I don't know. I don't know if Mattingly's going to get in. One person got in, Fred McGriff. It was a first baseman, Fred McGriff. I mean, Fred McGriff was more of a power hitter than Mattingly was. 
I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, Mattingly's borderline. You could argue good cases either way. Both ways, you could argue good cases. But another year goes by, no Don Mattingly in the in the Hall of Fame, and I don't think he's going to get in. A lot of people thought, okay, this is it. The the you know the the senior he's going to get in here. Dallas Dallas goes in for another touchdown, and they they've blown this game wide open now. But Fred McGriff, so McGriff will go in, and he's deserving. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be in. I don't know if I would have put him in. I think he's a borderline type of Hall of Famer. I got to look at his his numbers, and I'll bring him up here in a second. But Mattingly, I, listen, I, it's running out. Time's running out for Mattingly. I mean, it already ran out. Obviously, now he's in the the seniors uh, with the players are voting for him. But I don't, I don't know if he's going to get in. I think this was this was a perfect year for him to get in. I didn't see the numbers as to what he got as far as percentage-wise, the votes, but, you know, I don't know what's going to change anybody's mind going forward, to be honest with you, if the, if he didn't get in here. So let me see. Fred McGriff. Let's see what McGriff's numbers are here. All right. And Keith Hernandez, Keith's not going to get in. You know, Mattingly would get in before Hernandez for all those people there. So he was just shy of the 500 home runs. So he was 493 on the home runs. He had a career batting average of, let me see here, 284. So 284, 493 home runs. I mean, that, those are right on, that's right on the cusp. That's the kind of player that gets put in. He was a good first baseman. You know, he played a long time. Played, uh, let's see, from 86, 86 to 2004. That's 18 years he was in the league. So that, that I know, disappointed a lot of Yankee fans. They were hoping Mattingly would get in. He didn't get in. And I don't. to be honest with you, I don't think it's going to happen now. Do I feel bad for him? No, not really. You know, he's got a monument out, Monument Park. He's been a manager now for a long time. Now he's going, he's going to be a hitting coach with Toronto back in the AL East. So that's that. The other baseball news, of course, big this weekend. Jacob DeGrom signs a five-year deal with the Texas Rangers. $85 million. This is a sixth-year option. And I was not surprised he went. To be honest with you, I was starting to feel like, and I said it on the show Friday night, I was starting to feel like he was gonna gonna stay. Just as I said that, five not five minutes later, the news broke that he signed the deal. He's gone. And listen, the Mets the Mets won a hundred a hundred and one games last year. Jacob Degrom was won five of them. So it's not it's not you know. The sky is not falling for the Mets. Would it have been nice to get DeGrom? It would have been, of course. But I don't think you wanted to give him six years, five, six years. He got a better deal in Texas because of the the taxes, the, the no-income tax. So, you know what? We wish him the best. And to be honest with you, when he goes into Cooperstown, he's going to go in as a Met. Barring some kind of, you know, amazing run. He's going to go in as a Met. 
Mets fans are going to be able to say, we saw the best of the great Jacob deGrom right here in New York. We saw the best of him. And when he took the mound, nobody was ever better. Not in my I've at least never seen anybody better. I would imagine that that is what, what DeGrom was like, is what Koufax was like. The Texas Rangers are not really you know a team that, that wins big. It's in Texas, but it's not really you know a, a big market, high-profile team. But hey, if that's what he wanted to do, you know, more power to him. Now the news this today, just breaking about what say a couple hours ago, was that the Mets are now the front runner to have Justin Verlander come in and sign. And you know what? I'm all in for that. They said a three-year deal. I'd probably rather give him a two-year deal, but I'd be willing to give the third year. Listen, Justin Verlander, as great as DeGrom was, Justin Verlander is an all-time great. DeGrom will probably be a Hall of Famer. Justin Verlander is a top-ten pitcher of all time. Coming off a Cy Young year, where he was the dominant. He looked like the old Verlander. He's great in the playoffs. He's a great playoff pitcher. He's always been a great playoff pitcher. He'll take the ball every five, fifth day. If the Mets can get Verlander, I'm all in on it. Thousand percent all in on it. It could happen tonight. It could happen tomorrow. It looks like it's going to happen. Mets fans, we know what it's like. We know that we don't want to you know, count our, count our eggs before they hatch. Okay, nothing is in the bank. Anything can happen. We know that. But it looks like Verlander coming to the Mets is a very real possibility, if not a probability. So we're going to keep our eye on that in the, this week, and hopefully it gets done. They got the winter meetings this week. This is where a bunch of, a bunch of free agents are going to come off the board. You're going to see them going, you know, one after another this week. A lot of the big ones are going to come off. Does Judge sign this week? We're still waiting on the on an offer from the from the uh, the, the Giants. What do they do? Do they go four hundred for nine, or do they go eight and add another fifty? Give them a hundred million dollar signing bonus. Something does that happen? So a lot is going to happen this week at the winter meetings. Um. The Knicks won tonight. The Knicks, uh, listen, the Knicks are not very good. The Rangers are not very good. The Rangers losing last yesterday to, to Chicago at home. That was just pitiful. Chicago's not a good team. The Knicks, they beat Cleveland tonight, but they lost to Dallas the other They got blown out by Dallas the other night. And we're going to get into the Knicks on the next week's show. We'll have Pat O'Keefe, who uh, you know him probably. He do, You know him from... He does the pre pregame halftime show, post game for the Knicks. He does it for the Rangers sometimes. He works for the Big East Network, so we're going to preview the Big East conference conference play that starts. Uh, I believe it starts in, okay, in two weeks. So we're going to talk all about that. We're going to do plenty of Knicks next show. We'll get to that. The Knicks did win tonight, though, in case you were wondering. But they, listen, the Knicks ain't going nowhere. The Rangers look like they're not going anywhere. Both teams, both tenants at the Garden are really digging themselves holes, not playing well. Um, yesterday, we had conference championship games, and it threw the whole playoff thing and everything right into right into 
a blender and just, you know, spit it all out. And it was completely haywire. USC lost Friday night. They ended up getting blown out. After I said, oh, it looks like they're killing them. Looks like they're going to kill them. They got blown out by Utah. So that that took USC pretty much out of it. Okay, you knew Georgia and Michigan were going to be in. Both rolled in their conference championship game. So they were going to be one and two. Georgia won, Michigan two. TCU, Brett gave you the, the pick, of, pick of the year right there. And he was half joking, but he gave you the pick of the year. And he's been dying to get TCU out of this. He doesn't think they belong in it. He didn't think they belonged in it with no losses. So TCU got... They got stuffed at the goal line in overtime by Kansas Kansas State. It was a great game. It went to overtime. Listen, they lost. They Everybody thought they'd be out of it. But when you looked at it, and I looked at it this morning before they made the selections, you know, you had Georgia and Michigan therein. Then you had USC two losses, Alabama two losses, and then TCU and Ohio State each with one loss. USC lost both times to Utah, uh, to Utah. Okay, that that two losses to Utah. Alabama, who you know the committee wanted to get them in, you know they're going to do everything they can to get Alabama in because it's going to bring a ton of eyeballs to the to the to the screen. And 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 Alabama's crazy about football. Alabama had two losses, one to Georgia, that's an okay loss. Then they lost to Tennessee. The Tennessee loss kind of killed them. Because they, they... Listen, Tennessee got blown out after that. And you're going up now, you're going to go... Ohio State has the one loss. It was to Michigan. Now, the thing with Ohio State was they got blown out at home by Michigan. And it just happened last week. So it's fresh in everybody's minds. But after looking at it, I kind of said to myself, and I have it written down right here, I said Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Ohio State 3, TCU 4. And that's what they ended up doing. So you're going to have Michigan, Ohio State, round 2. First time they're meeting in the playoff. That's going to be a great game. That's going to be a great game. Michigan, Ohio State, and then Georgia is playing TCU who gets in. You know what? They, they, they didn't want to screw TCU. The last time it was very controversial, TCU got screwed again. They didn't want to screw them again. And if you put Alabama in, if you put a two-loss Alabama team in over a one-loss TCU team who lost on a goal-line stand in overtime in a conference final, in a conference championship game, you're screwing TCU. So they didn't do it two times in a row. They got Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, TCU, that's your four. That's the playoff. Georgia's a heavy favorite. I don't think anybody anybody's picking TCU. But, you know, as wild as this college football season has been, you never know. It could, it could very well end up being a TCU-Ohio State national championship game, but who knows? Dallas scores again. They're really they're blowing it up here in the fourth quarter. 46-19. to 19. So Jeff Saturday's team hung in there, but you know it, they didn't hang in there too long. And then also yesterday, before the 
madness of the of the college football, though I guess it started Friday night with USC losing. You had Team USA up against the Netherlands. I got to see some of this game. I was at work, but I did watch the game. I mean, listen, the Team USA got they they had chances. People are talking about they outplayed them and they they got unlocked. Listen, when you play a good team like that, a team that's better than you. And you make mistakes. The other, it doesn't matter what sport you're playing. You make a mistake. The other team's going to jump all over it. And what happened there is USA missed a couple opportunities to put the ball in and get an early lead. They made mistakes in their back line and the ball ended up in the back of the net two times. It was one nothing early and then it was a two nothing as the Dutch got a goal in stoppage time of the first half and it was just a back breaking goal and it was over right there. They cut it to one. The U.S. cut it to one in like the 75th minute. But you never really had the feeling that that they were going to tie the game or that they really had a shot. Once that second goal went in right before the half, that game was over. So the U.S. is out. Was it a good showing? I mean, I don't know. I don't really know. I mean, it's better than last time, right? Last time, last four years ago, they didn't even make it. You know? So, you could see. The, the Netherlands was a better team. You could just, you know, the better team won. U.S. did not deserve to go. They, they, were, they weren't as fast. They weren't as big. And every time the U.S. made a mistake, it ended up in the back of their net. For the U.S. to win that game, they were going to have to be mis- play mistake-free. And, they, you know, they didn't do it. It's all right. We, you know, this is what basically where we go in football, in football and soccer. You know, we're at that stage now where we get to the we get out of the group stage, but we can't really advance. I know they advanced with Donovan's goal a couple of years, you know, eight years ago or twelve years ago, whatever it was. But you know, we gotta get better. Will we ever be good enough to be a contender to win the World Cup? I mean we should be, right? Everybody plays soccer. Everybody plays soccer. So you'd think that eventually we, we would be able to put a team together that could win this thing. The problem is all the good, all the, the great players that we have go over. They go play overseas. The MLS is kind of a second-rate, you know, league, especially when you compare it to the leagues over in in England in Europe. So that was that was there. Um, there were games today. I didn't see who who won any of the games today. Like I said, the Knicks and Rangers not playing well. The Rangers really. I mean that the Knicks and Rangers both at low points. This weekend, the Rangers losing to, to Chicago. The Knicks losing to Dallas. Knicks even tonight, they had an 18-point lead in the first half. They blew it. They were up three and a half. They came out, played well to start the second half. Pushed it right back up to 12 to start. They ended up winning over Cleveland. But, you know, both teams are just floating right around 500. Average, average teams is what they are. The big news in the NFL, like we said before, Jimmy G out for the season, broken foot. For someone who's gotten so much luck and fallen into the quarterback, you know, stepping in it when it comes to quarterback positions, and it sucks for the 49ers. They really had a shot to, to go to the Super Bowl this year. It sucks. The Packers beat the Bears. The Packers become the number one, the team with the most wins in the history of the NFL, the winner of that game 
between the Bears and the Packers was going to have the most wins. I guess they were tied going into it, if, that, if you care about that sort of thing. And again, the Seahawks win over the Rams is big for the Giants. You know, the Seahawks, Geno Smith throwing that touchdown against the hapless Rams team. They are now 7-5. and five. And it's gonna. The Seahawks are gonna be one of the teams that they're gonna be the team that's in there. They're gonna really be the problem if the Giants don't make. You know, if they win some games, don't make playoffs. Seahawks seven and five, Giants seven five and one. I don't know who holds the tiebreaker. I don't know what the tie means as far as the tiebreaker goes. And Washington at seven four and one. You're going to have to win some games. Giants are going to have to get to 11 wins. They're going to have to find a way to get to 11 wins. The Jets are going to have to get to 10 or 11 wins. And I don't know if either of them can do it. The Giants, again, they haven't won a game in a month. They've lost to some bad teams. The Redskins are... The Redskins, again. Washington is a pretty on par. They're pretty even teams, the Giants and, and, and Washington. And then as far as the Jets go... The Jets had a chance. The Jets outplayed Minnesota for this game, most of this game. And the red zone failures of the Jets is what cost them a win today. That's it. That's what cost them the win. Plain and simple. They put the ball in the end zone one time out of those field goals that they had to kick. And they leave with a win and going into Buffalo with a full head of steam. They put up a good fight. Like I said, they were down 20-3. They showed some resiliency coming back. It came down to the very end, but that's not what the Jets fans were looking for. Do you you have your future quarterback on the roster? I don't think you know yet. Is the franchise quarterback for the Jets on the roster right now? I would say it's still a question mark. For both teams, Jets and Giants. Daniel Jones was not great today. The fumble in the first half, you know, he he was okay. He was their leading rusher. Again, they stopped Saquon Barkley. Barkley had a good game, though. He did what he could against the defense like that. There's not much he can do. You're going to need Daniel Jones to step up. The defense let them down. Neither team, both the Jets or the Giants, could do anything on third down. And then you end up with a, a tie and a loss. So what looked like such promise last week for the Jets and just a month ago for the Giants is now seasons hanging in the balance with two very tough games coming up. The, the Eagles for the Giants, the Bills in Buffalo for the Jets. So that pretty much does it here for us tonight. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you tuned in on Twitter Spaces, thank you. Um, next week we got Pat O'Keefe going to talk Knicks. We're going to get into the Knicks. We're going to find out, you know, ask him what he thinks is going on. Why they are so bad. Is Thibodeau going to be on the hot seat? When is he, how much time are they going to give this team before they decide to tear it down or, or pick somebody up? You know, who knows? What are they going to do? We're also going to preview the Big East conference play coming up. We're going to talk some St. John's. And we'll even do a little baseball hot stove with them. So Pat O'Keefe is our guest next week. We will talk to everybody Friday. Hope you enjoyed the weekend. Have a good work week. We leave you now with some sounds from the weekend that was in the world of sports. We'll talk to you Friday, everybody. 
See ya. The fake. Rolls right. Throws for the end zone. It is caught. DK Metcalf overpowering the Rams to snatch it away and give Seattle. Trips to the short side, including Addison. Williams throws that direction and it's intercepted. Picked off by RJ Huber for Utah. Down nine with two to go. Tonga by Law. Hit as he throws. Ball is out. Ball is live. And it is a touchdown for Dre Greenlaw. Fetch. And now Heineke over the middle, it's Dodson. Dodson spins, whoa! To the end zone, touchdown! It's third down, it's a Jefferson time. Cousins, throws, Jefferson, touchdown! He's got the ball. No! Kansas State stops it! State's defense rises up on the goal line and denies Miller. Ball, the ball was right here. Delzer goes to the slot on the far side. Schultz back to throw. He's going to heave one. Down to about the 20. It's caught! Oh my. Look at this! Christensen wins the game! New London Spicer is state champions! in the history of the Prep Bowl. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to let everyone know by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on our website at LockedUpSports.net. Remember, you can also find us on your favorite social media site, on Twitter at LockedUpSports, on the gram at Locked underscore up underscore sports. Join our Facebook group, Locked Up Sports, or on TikTok at Locked Up Sports Show. Now you can catch all the latest from Locked Up Sports anytime. Thanks for listening.